What happens when water is exposed to EMF or wireless radiation? Here's something you may not know. Water is conscious and it responds vibrationally to whatever it is exposed to. At Omnia we've done an experiment where we froze and photographed three samples of water. Water which was not exposed to EMF radiation, the baseline, looked like this. Water which was exposed to an EMF field, a 5G radiation field in fact, looked like this. And water which was exposed to EMF that is balanced by the Omnia radiation balancer looked like this. See the difference? Remember, your body is 70% water. And here's a special offer for the Journey to Truth crowd. Just enter the word TRUTH in caps at the checkout for your 10% discount. You know, it's like the OSS. The OSS is still part of the CIA, I've heard. They never get rid of anything. So whenever they said, oh, that department's gone, I wonder about that. Because the Pentagon has a, an alarming uh, habit of keeping departments. They just sort of rename them, reshuffle them, and then they put them in hiding. And I don't know right, exactly right. why you need so many. Uh, obviously, this is a, a case of runaround and obfuscation and and. You know, imagine calling the Pentagon as a concerned citizen. Oh, I saw a UFO and you know, an alien was rummaging through my fridge, you know, and they're like, oh, you need to call the uh, Arrow, you know, Aldrain right. and William. Oh, no, you need to call the UAP task force. No, no. You know, there's five guys yeah. sitting, smoking, drinking beer and coffee. Yeah. You know, not <laughs> much or anything except answering a phone saying, well, we'll put you on to the, you know, UAITPZW. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I mean, they so just obvious. They right, just, it is, and they just rebrand it basically. Right, but, I like how they said MK, MK Ultra ended uh, in yeah. the seventies. <laughs> oh yeah, oh it just lasted like five years, and then right. it's it now out. it's Project Psychedelic Mushroom. You know? Totally didn't keep continuing yeah. on just under a different name or secretly at all. Right. right. <laughs> well, let me do a brief little intro here, and then we'll just jump into this, and now we'll have some fun. So. Um, <clears throat> welcome back, guys. Don't forget to grab a ticket to our conference in Grafton, Illinois, May 22nd through the 25th. It's going to be a lot of fun. JourneyToTruthCon.com. You can get those tickets below $344 for the four-day pass. Meal plan is $250, optional if you want that. And a live stream ticket is $99. That does include a, a replay for six months. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to seeing you guys out there. On-site lodging is sold out, but there is camping on-site available nearby hotels and airbnbs so uh, we look forward to that uh tonight we are joined by john warner the fourth welcome back to the show john we had you on uh about a year two about years ago about one year ago about one year ago and we got into a lot of stuff you just recently wrote an open letter to uh the elizondo chris mellon task force and he kind of just laid it all out and said it like it is so i'd really like to break down that uh letter and go through uh go through that and kind of let people know what's really going on with disclosure right now. 
And because obviously I think it's just an extension of the cover up and you can get into some of that. But before that, I, if you want, maybe you can uh, let the, our audience know who might not have seen the first episode, kind of who you are and how you got into this briefly. Um, oh man, <laughs> please go to dark journalist and watch my four episodes. That'll explain everything. <laughs> um, but basically, uh, my grand I'll start with my grandfather. You know, I'm from the Mellon banking family. Uh, Paul Mellon, my grandfather, was an OSS Army officer in World War II. He worked with Alan Dulles on Project Paperclip, and he worked with under General Patton. And uh, my father was Secretary of the Navy and a U.S. Senator for 30 years. And um, I grew up traveling the world with my father, carrying his briefcase, and sat in on some interesting meetings with the Navy and and uh, other branches and uh, got to know a lot of politicians and presidents and queens and met a lot of royalty and, you know, uh, a lot of nefarious people as well. Um, and right around uh, 1993 or four, I showed the Majestic 12 files to my father. You know, I was sort of a UFO enthusiast at the time, but not really active doing much, except maybe reading a book or two a year. I, but somebody sent those to me uh, back when I was a racing driver. I was in California and I raced with this guy. He's like, hey, my father worked for Lockheed Martin and some others. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Aren't they building UFOs? I, I don't know where I got that, but I, I saw it somewhere. And he said, yeah, my father's involved. Let me send you some documents. And those were the Majestic 12 files. And they were fairly new back in 93. And I was 31 years old. So I was pretty naive and I looked at them and I said, well, I'm going to show them to dad. And my friend said, you should, because uh, he's on you know, chairman of the armed services committee. He sat on the select Intel committee and oh boy, he and I went back and forth and, you know, he cracked on them eventually. So that's a brief summary of where I got into this. I got to know Stephen Greer, you know, 20 years ago and some other people, he had mentioned my father and a few, one of his podcasts or two, you know, because he's a Virginian as well. So um, I kind of fell into all this. Um, I'm a historian and a writer, and I just um, I'm a World War II historian, but I understand all of history. And uh, it started to make more and more sense to me. Lo and behold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you guys missed the first episode, I highly recommend checking that out if you want a little more background on um, what he was involved in and what he saw growing up. Uh but as far as your open letter that you wrote, let's just jump right in head first and just kind of. Wait, I have a question. Sure. So for your uh, your conference yeah. in May, is it May? Yes. Yeah. So do CIA and NSA and National Reconnaissance Office people, do they get a discount? <laughs> um, no, no they're showing absolutely up. not. They, no, they have to pay more, a lot more. No, they're they, showing up. They showed up last year and we actually. Well, um, potentially they were at least from a podcast if not also well uh that but i think nice. i think they were low-level agents is it, what i personally think it, it's it, there were things that indicated very strong they interviewed me and and in the interview at the conference they interviewed me and they asked me do um feds ever show up at these type of events do you guys ever play the game spot the fed what do you do if you see somebody here is like infiltrating like they had they were asking me all these weird questions and i was just like okay i i see what's going on here but so Did they, they don't need to work for them no they don't need a, they, 
they don't need a discount. They just kind of sneak in. Well, how they got in the first place is they they posed as a media company that was interested in filming like a documentary. And we just believed them. We didn't do enough vetting. And we're just like, oh, cool. You know, and we let them in as a media. Those two guys. And then they were just acting so weird. And and we were just getting these off vibes the whole time. And we're like, something's not right with these guys. And they were asking these weird questions constantly. And then he, like what he just said. Um, And then lo and behold, we find out they're they're two guys from this like anti-conspiracy podcast called QAnon Anonymous. And they they did a whole episode on the on our conference like a hit like, piece i hit yeah. like just bashing it and laughing at it and right uh but we kicked them out after a couple that, of days that means you're over the target you're getting flack right 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 yeah like a um, <laughs> right but 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 we kicked them out like halfway through because they were like filming right in people's faces and just acting well just getting a, a number of complaints about them yeah everyone's complaining yeah. about them yeah uh, but there's well, no doubt that those type of agencies do show up at conferences yeah it's interesting yeah. because some of my retired spook friends you know like o and i you know they asked me you know i said are you going to this thing in the midwest and i said last year i said no um but maybe the next one <laughs> um so they knew about it and these guys are retired and they don't you know they're not active like you and i are uh you guys um but they heard about it interesting interesting so i found that interesting i was like how'd you hear about it and they're like oh you know somebody told us and we've got probably <laughs> they sent some of their you know people uh once intel always intel right but anyway. yeah no that's 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 good to know and I, I i suspected something like that would happen this year is not strictly secret space program so we're not drawing as much attention i don't think but regardless um but there's still a lot of i mean well tony's returning yeah still and then there's still a lot of other info that is you know yeah. they don't really want people believing you know right let's just say um well john help so. help paint a picture for us what's going on right now with this disclosure uh, holy shit. Uh, your guess <laughs> is as good as mine. Um, you know, everyone, I, I track my cousin Chris Millen and I track Elizondo and I track Gary Nolan and all these people. You know, Chris Mellon was at the Barcelona conference. He talked to Linda Moulton Howe about nothing, really, not much. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Linda's. I, I, you know, I've been following her since my mother gave me her book and like when I was 18. You know, Alien Harvest. She's, she's been around a long time. Yeah. Um, I've heard from certain people that she was warned not to, to cover the human mutilations in her books. Really? Just the animal ones. So um, that's what I heard. You know, I don't know. I But I, why, you know, I understand, you know, a lot of the old guard, Richard Dolan and others, they're sort of the old guard. They've been around since the 90s and Linda, the 80s, early 80s. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. why they're going to this other side, I mean, I understand that what, there needs to be some cooperation, but so far they've only done lies by omission and shell games and nothing burgers and, and you know, they, they're not being, other than bringing the topic alive for the last five years or six years, you know, since 2017, the Nimitz thing. You know, it, they've done precious little and it's all hot air and run around and they they talk and they get, have softball hosts and people right. interview them and it's softball questions. I mean, come on, Gary Nolan and Tucker Carlson got up there and did an interview and they, they both giggled about the subject. 
the UFO issue. I mean, that's just childish. They're five-year-olds. I mean, yeah. I'm not kidding. You know, and, and so why, you know, these senior people in, in the disclosure movement are crossing the aisle and shaking hands, what do they expect to get out of that? More attention? You know, it's, it's the wrong move. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're never going to give an interview to someone who's hardball. Right, right. I mean, can you imagine want that. Greer or Daniel List or you guys or anybody out there, Carrie Cassidy? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, they're not going to give an interview. They're not going to put themselves in that position. Chris will never mention me because that would be giving me validation. But he can't. Right. I know he's read this letter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get into yeah, that. I, I said it in. I'm a part of a physics forum. I'm not a physics, you know, a physicist, but I understand basic physics and try to understand nonlinear physics. Uh, Heisenberg, Gerlach, Hahn, Planck, you know, these German guys that were doing nonlinear stuff in the back in the day. But, you know, I sent this out and I sent it a link on Twitter and I sent it out, you know, for anyone who wants to read it. And if you guys want to put a link to it, that's fine. Links to my website. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to, it's written for medium level to low level knowledge folks. I mean, these guys aren't out there, you know, Jack Sarfati and, you know, there's Eric Davis, there's Ron Pandolfi, there's CIA people, there's Elizondo, there's, you name it, they're all on this forum, whether they read a lot of it or just glance at it, I don't know. But I sent it out and a few people liked it. And, you know, it's it's just I kept it reasonable because if you start banding about, you know, Nakwafen and Draco reptilians and, you know, all this stuff, man, they're gonna, you're just going to get thrown in the loony bin. There's right. the bin of people in the loony bin and then there's everyone else arguing that it's not <laughs> true. And this brings up a point. Um, I'm sure people understand, but I'm going to reiterate it. And that is what you guys cover is the minority of the disclosure movement. The rest of the people and, you know, people like these scientists and everybody, they are grasping with all their strength what's left of their old reality. And that hardwood floor that I always keep talking about. They're putting more planks, you know, they're polishing it, reinforce it because, you know, here I come with an axe. And they don't like that at all. And I can gauge like Twitter's mostly useless, but there's a few people on there that are interesting. And you can gauge interest. If you do something secret space program, you get like five likes what you post. And then you post something softball that's just either funny or, you know, in agreement with the UAP task force agenda. And it's like, oh, you know, know. and so you can gauge Mm -hmm that i mean twitter right. is not friendly towards the ssp narrative no What's i noticed that? i noticed that too the the kind of like surface level ufo nuts and bolts ufo community is it's huge on twitter joe then, Blow, like joe Blow, Blow, UFO, you know right right and, Sally. and everybody's retweeting lou alizondo and uh a million times Chris Mellon and you know all well, they have things. algorithms and bots and and and, and ai probably to do that right right because one guy told me a long time ago he said you realize the argument you're having with this person they're really an just an algorithm or a bot right yeah (laughs) yeah exactly well no wonder they can't spell (laughs) yeah exactly that's very true that's very true it's very true um there are a lot of bots so 
I'm sure you're aware of the $858 billion defense bill that was just signed by Biden recently that kind of provided like whistleblower protection and it, it kind of gave the military the green light to start disclosing stuff. I, and Chris Mellon actually, you know, chimed in on this and he said, this is arguably the biggest news that mainstream media won't cover. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because within that bill also mandates now it's finally official that all military personnel have to get vaccinated. And that yeah. wasn't official until Biden signed that. So that's interesting, too. They snuck that in. Yeah, it's a common political tactic on the Hill. Senators and congressmen working with the Pentagon and everything, they slip things into bills. If they pass a bill, there's all kinds of stuff in there. You got to go really dig it out. It's hard to find sometimes. My dad says there's stuff he used to say, you know, there was stuff in there you'll never find because it's not privy for the public. It's the classified sections of Bill 126. You know, and and so at one hand, Chris Mellon says and everyone else says, you know, these con idiot congressmen and senators who are all bought and paid for, folks. I yeah. mean, my dad told me that long ago. Corporations yep. and big banks, you know, banking families of mine, they own politicians. They do. Oh, yeah. You know, my dad had a lot of help getting elected. There's no no secret. So, you know, from my, my mother's side of the family. So, you know, it's you're not going to get to see the good parts of certain bills. Um, and the other thing is, you know, it's this bill that passed. I think they slipped in there. Yes, there's whistleblower protection. I'd like to read the fine print on that. Yeah. And good luck finding it. But I'd like to get a copy of the. You know, of it. And then they, I think they slipped in, so maybe slipped in some legislation or they're preparing to, is to crack down on civilian researchers and make it a crime. Oh. Now that's fascist. Make what, yeah. a, make what a crime exactly? Civilian UFO research. <laughs> Non-official research. How do you, how do you police that? Well, that's a good question. You, you yeah. really can't. But I, my guess is they're trying to get rid of people like Greer and yeah. some others that have come forward with with a lot of stuff. And, you know, they're trying moving forward. They want to own the narrative. Right. It's, it's, it's all about controlling the narrative. Right. right. So well, back in the 70s and 60s, when I was growing up, the Project Blue Book people and others on Capitol Hill, they they. They cobble together a program like Project Blue Book that gives the idea that they're they're looking into these UFO sightings and cases and abductions and everything. But they're really they're going around to people, threatening people, covering it up, paying them off. They're, they're covering it. Happened. This is just an ex huge expansion of that idea. But they're getting Congress more involved. Because more and more people are seeing things in the sky and you know they hear about abductions and people are getting scared. And, you know, I've had certain people around town, you know, what do you make of this? And I'm like, well, you don't want to know from me because it looks pretty dark on a lot of areas. And they're like, you know, oh, no, oh, no. I thought aliens were friendly. And I said, well, most of them are probably, but not all. And the ones that are working with the Pentagon and the corporations, they're definitely not the nice ones. Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, maybe there are some now. Whatever whatever impetus is pushing this UAP task force and Chris Mellon and everybody, all those people, you know, Travis Taylor, Ross Coulthard, you know, all of a sudden he's a UFO expert. Yeah. You know, right. why? It's been on 60 Minutes and, he, and he's a journalist? Well, he doesn't you know, know jack shit. Where was he 30 years ago? Nowhere. 
Right. But right. all these are approved people. Tom, Tom DeLong is an expert. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Like, come and, on. And <laughs> um, what's his name? Chris Geritano. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. he produced a few documentaries, including the Montauk Chronicles. But he, yeah. I, I was talking with him privately one time, and he told me that they wanted him to do a UFO program. And they said, hey, you want to do this show and play a UFO expert? <laughs> and he was like, but I'm not a UFO expert. And they're like, it doesn't matter. Like, and the, but this was the like travel channel or something like that. Yeah. And they, they just, they don't care. They just appoint people who would be a good fit for that role. Right. Right. It's like any corporation, they need to hire somebody to make the board look good. Mm -hmm. Right. But they don't know anything about the corporation or the company. But hey, we have this scientist, Travis Taylor. You know, he's had History Channel exposure. He's fairly well known. You know, I like Travis Taylor. I think he's funny. I think he's down to earth and nuts and bolts like me. But man, either he's very naive about what he's getting into or they're just paying him enough money that he doesn't care. Right, right. Well, and you know what's, what's happening is they're trying to erase the UFO history that we do have, that we do yep. know by yep. giving us these nothing burgers and these reports to kind of lead you nowhere so they can, like you said, maintain control of that narrative. And then when we do get old information released, like some of the JFK information, how he was in talks with MJ-12 and how he was briefed on um, the UFO program and the CIA was involved in his in, in killing him and his assassination, that no one blinks. No one bats an eye. Like no. It seems like it just gets swept under the rug and we just keep going on. Because the Pentagon and Congress and the UAP task force people, they know who their audience is. And it's not us. No. It's the general public. And mm -hmm. sadly, the general public is ignorant and uh, uninterested. Right. And they have more pressing worries in life, work, job, money, family, you know, issues, health, than to deal with a UFO issue, which is just most people think is still, still a joke. Except what and, they don't you know, realize is the technology involved in all this stuff is being hit like we have it and it's being hidden from us because right. it would destroy the gas, coal, and oil and the money system that we have. That's all the bullshit systems we have that's keeping us enslaved. It would completely make those obsolete. So they can't ever let they're like, oh, we can never right. let this get out or let people believe that you know, understand that we are hiding this, that we do have this is the last thing they want. So like the threat, like we can talk about this all day and they don't care, but is the second too many people start paying attention and, and be like, wait a second, there's something here. That's the threat is, is it's all psychological. It's all mental. They, they don't want people believing. They want people at most thinking, oh yeah, there's stuff going on in the skies, but we don't know what they are or, or most of it's just ours but it's secret military and whatever, like, um, but they'll, they'll keep it at that surface level, yeah. keep it at arm's length, keep it, keep the questions going. Uh, they don't have to work. As, they don't have to work very hard. No, they really don't. Chris They're Mellon hard. just has to do one thing a month and then he's back on his yacht and he's at the rolling rock club and having a martini, you know, it's like I don't I don't hate the guy. I still he has a wonderful family. He's a nice guy. You know, I'd go up there and have a martini with him and chit chat about yachts. But you know, the last time I saw him at our family reunion, you know, I brought up the UFO issue and he was furious. He said, You do not talk chop shop in a family reunion. Right. 
Yeah. Now, next time I go, I'm going to roll up there in a patent tank with horns and, you know, <laughs> huge banners. And I, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but, you know, it, it's like uh, most people think, um, you know, these elite committee of 300 families, whatever you want to call them in America, they think, ah, oh, they're all in on it. Nah, it's a 10%, 5%, 10% of those families. You're, a couple, you're talking about a right. couple thousand people, maybe at most, who works like Chris Mellon in the deep state and military intelligence, who know a thing or two, you know, at whatever level they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, clearances are many. Mm-hmm. Legion, you know, oh, you don't have... You know, cosmic aid plus you know clearance you don't know shit yeah you know that ufos were back engineering shit but that's it right that's that's it that's and it. so yeah trust me if these families knew the truth and the ones that do probably are hiding and, and very scared i know i have a cousin yeah. she understands some of this stuff but boy, she's just like, man, my life is complicated enough. And you know, it's... well, there's blackmail involved too. And a lot, a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of right. So, wh- what are your thoughts on the CIA's involvement in this cover up and with the SSP? I think the F- the CIA actually helps the SSP operate. And there's a lot of disinfo agents that work for the CIA that kind of maintain that narrative. I'd like to get your opinion on that. Well, I can tell you, let's do the history of it. So the OSS was in World War II under Wild Bill Donovan. That's where my grandfather worked. And and so he and Alan Dulles were on the cutting edge hiring ex-Nazis and all their scientists. And they knew all about the UFO file, the Foo Fighters back in World War II. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where the band got their name, folks, is World War II. All sides of the conflict were seeing these bright balls of plasma and discs. You know, they were craning discs. I've been told in the Navy. One guy, an officer retired, told me they were craning uh, spaceships out of the water in the Coral Sea in 1944 while the Japanese are bombing and strafing them. So, I mean, that's how important this is. The U.S. Navy has always had the lion's share of the technology. You, know, you go back to the Civil War, the ironclads, CSS Virginia and the, and the, and the Monitor, they were very high tech for the day. So the Navy has always had the high tech. Now, the OSS turned into the CIA. Now, they had mystics like my grandfather and Carl Jung and some others uh, to help understand the metaphysical side of this UFO issue because, you know, they realized the Germans were way ahead and everything. So the CIA was created in 47, I I believe. Um, Yeah, same time as The NSA was created in right around 52 for the express purpose of covering nothing but the UFO related issues. And that's where people, you know, fixate on the CIA. No, the NSA was created on purpose to deal with this issue. The CIA does other stuff, you know, overthrow foreign countries and yeah, whatever, skullduggery everywhere. But no, the NSA, and I've got my stepson works for the NSA. Uh, he won't hear anything I have to say about it. But, you know, I'm like, go to the lower levels and work with the tall gray guys. Yeah, your pay yeah. will go up and your clearance will go up. And he's like, no, I don't believe that. So, I mean, people working at the NSA with clearance, he's got a high clearance. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe any of this shit. Yeah. What do you think is going on with my cousin and everything? He's like, I don't know. And he laughs. He doesn't care. You know, so it's it's people on the inside, the Pentagon and the CIA, the NSA, the NRO, the Marines, the Air Force, Navy, Space Force, 
people who don't believe in any of this shit because they they're not given a clearance. Right. People think, oh, they are all in cahoots. It's like no, it's a, it's an elite within you know a minority elite within every branch of the service or the intel. And the same thing with Congress. Right. You know, there are a few senators who were briefed on a modicum of the UFO file, like my dad and mm-hmm. others. But you know, case in point, there was a congressman I forget his name who, in the last six months, did an interview with someone, and the congressman said, well, I can't remember his name, and he said. I went to my fellow congressmen and senators and said, look, this UAP issue is serious. They're in our airspace. This could be, you know, we should do this. And a senior senator put his arm around him and said, Joe or whoever, we have more important things to worry about. <laughs> Come more help us with Bill 162 on the, you know, corn crop. More important than unknown craft that are operating in ways we can't aren't supposed to be possible in our airspace. Something's more important than that. Right. Right. Well, it, it, it's the biggest issue in human history. Right. Think it's UFOs and aliens. It's like, no, it's our entire history. If you go back, uh, like I yeah. studied the, the megalithic buildings, I've been doing this all my life. And you realize Atlantis and high civilizations before the, the great flood, obvious. Gobleki Tepe in mm-hmm. Turkey, you know, that, 12,500 years old that suggests organized farming government spirituality all organized who taught them that right. you know the, the narrative was we were in spears and buckskins you know, it's nonsense and so when you history is a swiss cheese it's mostly you know lies napoleon said it a set of lies agreed upon by the winners of wars right but when you put et involvement both positive and negative and everything in between Strip mining, the Nazca lines, the megaliths, the pyramids, the Yucatan, they're finding more and more cities every day. It's incredible. Yeah. You go down there and you go to the Temple of the Sun in Mexico and everything, and your jaw just hits the floor if you understand the history. But once you plug ET in it, most of those Swiss cheese holes go away. Exactly. And I've been arguing with, you know, even. Even alternative historians don't want to go there. They're like, oh, no, there's there's some ETs a little bit, but no, no, it's mostly humans. I said, well, I agree. The human beings did that, but there's been many races of human beings, some smarter than the others. Yeah. You know, there were yeah. there were high civilizations going on before the Great Flood, mm. living not too far away from Neanderthal tribes and left them alone. Right. You know, or primitive Americans, primitive humans. They left them alone, like we used to do. And now in the Amazon, the Yanomamo and the other tribes like that, they all have cell phones and T-shirts now and, and tennis yeah. shoes. Right. Last right. indigenous right. tribes who had the spirit. They want all that spirituality and shamanistic, you know, higher realm uh, contact, which they've been doing forever, to end. Now, they tried that with the Native American tribes, but they never really did it. At least, at the very least, the, the genocide stopped and we gave them reservations. Now, some tribes were wiped off the map. But this war against the indigenous spirituality has been going on for, I don't know, you tell me, since the years. 30 years war, the 1500s? Right. Hundreds of years that was the least, Lutherans, yeah. the Hermetic, Hermeticists, Lutherans against the Church of Rome. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, they knew. They were Gnostics. Right. Exactly. And going back to like, 
the people involved in these programs that just don't believe it exists because they work for the program. And if it existed, they would know. I would know. But, I would know. You well, know. I would know if that was real. But, but now you, you just made me forget what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's, it's what's going on now. I think more of the same. I mean, look at all these acronyms. You can take a screenshot of the, the list of acronyms from my letter, you put it up on, you know, I mean, they're creating a new one. My own eye guy says, oh, there's a new one coming. And I said, well, I'm getting bored. You know, there's so many of them. And believe me, they don't go away just because the Pentagon and the Arrow, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Yeah, what are they resolving? Not much. How cold the beer is. Hmm. Yeah. Well, 42 degrees, that's not cold enough. So they're, you know, they're creating, a, they don't have websites. All they do is the Pentagon website issues a briefing under the heading of Arrow or UAP Task Force. There's no information, no websites. Right. Now, maybe there will, yeah. but well, as the, right now, there's none. That's the interesting thing, too. And I remember what I was going to say. These people are, they're just completely ignorant to what's really going on. And they're being used as pawns in an agenda that they're not even aware of. Yeah, uh, mo most Pentagon, you know, people, you know, they, they might have been read in on a tiny bit. And it's like, oh, right. The rest is above your pay grade. It's need to know. They're told what they need to know to do their job. And that's it. It's compartmentalized. That's what people yeah. need to understand. And my dad taught me that back when I was in college. He's like, you need to understand how the military works. Uh, you know, and I was asking, you know, are UFO, what's going on with this UFO issue? I don't know. There was a sighting in Virginia back in the 80s. And he said, look. You need to understand that the people in those departments, sometimes they're not listed and there's all kinds of security levels. You're never going to get any information from anyone. He always, in the early days, he tried to dissuade me, you know, like the majestic 12 files. He's like, don't go down that road. You're not going to find it. Just leave it alone. I said, no way. I'm not going to leave this alone. Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, back in the 90s, it was still dangerous to go digging. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It really was. They I didn't were... know that. But had I been in touch with Greer in 93, he would have told me to be damn careful what you do. Now, yeah. he's still alive. So somebody he's still alive. Right. Somebody and check him. Well, right. there's so you were talking about there's no websites, right, for these. Um, not, the, not the last time I checked was last right. week. No, well, no. this is this is how the secrecy, this is how they maintain the secrecy uh, for a lot of these programs, these clandestine black budget shadow government programs. There is no paper trail intentionally. Yeah. It's it's the same as like think of the CIA when they get when they're on mission right when they receive an order on a on a throwaway cell phone they get the order the cell phone goes into the river they carry out their task the same thing's going on with the uh, with the secret space program in my opinion I don't think there is a large paper trail for any of it for that reason so even if somebody were to dig or things were to be exposed there's nothing there there's no, no. documents. And and it it's been like that for a couple hundred years that you know they were smart enough intelligence services, and so, you know, this gets to a point um, that I made in another interview, and I'll, I'll list it here. Is you know a lot of people on Twitter and, and a lot of my friends and, and other all kinds of people they say where show me something show me some proof of all this crap this UFO issue and the military being involved and you know they they know something's going on because there's the UAP thing but you know I, I think most people believe and I think it's true that Tic Tacs and other things 
those are Lockheed Martin and Grumman and, you know, General Dynamics. Those are our stuff because they need plausible de deniability to fall back on. And so I began thinking, you know, what what there's a, the mass of circumstantial evidence, the, the millions of civilian pilot, uh, literally millions of reports, military reports. You know, Chris Mellon makes a big deal of that. Oh, damn you, Pentagon. You know, you need to give military people more leeway to, you know. It's all about hardware and sightings. That's not important. It's the right. politics. It's the dirty deals. It's, you know, what deals have we made with ET? Well, you know, we've all heard from the SSP folks, you know, that could be what they're hiding. They, they don't care about sightings or I saw a little gray alien in my closet. They could give a shit. <laughs> you know, what they're doing is, is saying, yeah, you know, eventually within 10 years, they'll be like, sure. You know, we work with some ETs. They're very nice people. You know, we're working on some projects. You know, we'll get back to you on, you know, someday and uh, have a nice day. Go back to work. Go back to school and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop <laughs> bothering us and go talk to the UAP task force, which will give you a runaround to all the other departments. And so that's what they're doing. It's obvious to anyone in D.C. who understands intelligence in the military. I mean, all my friends, you know, they'd laugh. You know, <laughs> they're doing this again. Like I said, didn't they do that in 1976? And they're like, yeah. But no one remembers. They've right. been doing the same tactics over and over, and that's going to come back to bite them, I think. Right. So proof. And I gave this a lot of thought, and I said, I said to someone, I said, "Look, I, I don't know anything 100% sure. I, I can give you probabilities, but I don't know. But let me tell you something: the human race is very creative. We're mostly good people. We're loving, and you know, yeah, there's a few bad apples. You know, duality. You know, what are you going to do?" However, if you look at the long, if you look at the big picture of history, what never changes? Now, with all this creativity and, you know, oh, yeah, there's some there's some minor changes, you know, civil rights, women's lib. You know, these are positive things that happen, little changes. But the fundamentals of history never, ever change. Number one, the elite few rule over the many. These right. royals and, and other people, and, you know, rich families like mine and, you know, powerful people, they rule in secret. There's no, I've, I've studied it nine ways to Sunday for decades. There's no other explanation. They rule. So that's number one. Number two, slavery. It's been with us since the get-go, since, since the Great Flood anyway. And there are accounts of Atlantis that say, well, the regressive sons of Belial, you know, started making chimeras and genetic modifications to make slaves. That's very selfish and service to self, you know, chimera, you know, centaurs and, you know, bullheaded men, you know, these kind of things that are probably going on in the programs and out in space. It's not a big deal. And so slavery never goes away. You, you've got debt slavery, you've got sexual slavery, you've got human trafficking that never goes away. You go to you go to a market in the Middle East in, in a warehouse in the desert and you can buy anything you want, including a used UFO, probably if you have enough money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I somebody told me that you could you can buy a low-level spacecraft from the Russians or somebody um for two million bucks. Wow. Really? Now in, in the rich people world, that's a bargain. Yeah. Now, it may only go to the moon and the solar system. I, I don't know how you get permissions to leave the atmosphere or whatever, but you can use it in the Earth's atmosphere. You can go to China from Russia in two minutes. Boom. So 
you know, these are the kind of weird things that are going on, most likely. So slavery, number two. Number three, always had religions. New ones crop up every day. Um, you know, I'm sorry for people who put their eggs in one basket with religion, but, you know, it's obvious that that's been our biggest mind control vehicle since the Great Flood. You know, yeah. spirituality be damned, Gnosticism be damned, you know. Yeah, there were the Templars and the Teutons and the Cathars and the Gnostics who knew better, but everyone else, you know, religion. So that never changes. Uh, even if the Vatican says, oh, we love E.T., we're going to make them Catholics and everything. That's all bullshit. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, number three. That never changes, no matter what people do. Now, religion, you know, in Europe, it's falling off. You know, people are losing faith. They're, they're tired of the lies, you know, with everything. And so that's that's a big one. And um, I should write these down because I forget them. But the other big one is, um, you know, money. Yep. Money is slavery. I don't care if you're Coke brother, billionaire. I know these guys, you know, they, they have freedom. They don't have real freedom. Yeah, you got a private jet and a yacht and whatever. You can give millions away and get political favors, but you're still a slave. You're a slave because there's always somebody above you. Right. And even the Queen of England probably has somebody, you know, <laughs> you and I probably know who, you know, leaning on her before she died. And now, you know, Got King try, Charles, you know, a dumber monarch I know not, and, and try to use that money to like actually free humanity or do things oh. that will like make the system obsolete, like build free energy devices, uh, build a craft, <laughs> you know, like do these. And well, they do in secret for themselves, right? Right, but you try to use your wealth to do these things, you get sh you will get shut down immediately by the system. <laughs> Because the yeah. money is, it's still within the system and controlled right. by the central yeah. government. You have, to, you have to be on the approved list. Right. And very few people are. Right. Uh, just because you have a lot of money like Bezos or the Facebook kid or even Musk. Boy, do I get shit when I attack Musk on Twitter. It's nothing but an Elon Musk love fest, you know, blind <laughs> love fest. Uh, but, you know, he's a military contractor. I was right about that. Is, is there um, somebody... Is there somebody there with you? Yeah, my wife is so. Oh, okay, I just saw someone walk by and look. Oh like yeah, it. yeah. Okay, it's, it's not an interdimensional. It might <laughs> yeah, be like uh oh, it, right. Uh, Gin or an archon. Yeah, they're usually hanging out. You know, right into my Laker closet. <laughs> it, it was real, like a shadow figure. I was like, whoa, what was that? Um, oh, shadow I mean, being. You know, they're right. all awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, so but, how? You know, it, Go ahead. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But it it the fundamentals of history never change. Yeah, and then the last one is war and weapons development. Boy, that's what got me into history in the first place. All these wars. You know, I wanted to know all about the weapons and the politics and Napoleonic wars and everything when I was in high school and college. And it's like, wow, history is just going from one war to another. Yeah, you know, this ship sailed around the world and this. This king did this for you know whatever, but it's mostly wars, right? And so these fundamentals of history never change. And I asked my friend, you know, I said, "Who has the godlike, omnipotent power to keep this machine going with all this stuff and no change of those fundamentals?" Now that's got to be ET, because these roundtables of royals and politicians and big rich people, you know, they don't get along. They fight like cats and dogs. 
I know that. My grandfather was on the CFR and the Jason Society. I think the trilateral, but I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I think he was in the Cosmos Club in, in Washington, D.C. I mean, these people don't get along. Yes, they let nations starve. You know, well, let's just let that African nation starve this year, and then we'll come in across in the World Wildlife Fund, and we'll give them some money in five years when half the population is dead. Right, right. But they don't get along. Right. You know, I've I heard that. The Koch brothers are on these all these big foundations, and they were like, join us, you know, this foundation. I said, no, it's not no, boring. I, I've been on a board before. I'm not going to do that. It's the, the, the person with the most money on the board gets their say. Right. They're in charge. And so I said, no, it's corrupt. And they're like, no, no, no. But, you know, it, they, uh, I said, do they argue a lot? And they're like, yeah. And I said, no, I've, I've had enough of that. It doesn't get anything done. Of course, I didn't. Well, there's, there's like the warring families and in conflict within the families and within those realms like you're talking about. But they do get together in those meetings because they ultimately are working together, even though they dislike each other. They have to. Right. They understand they're still working for that. Like they can possibly by working together, accelerate that one world order agenda. So they just kind of, uh, you know, make do with it, even though they don't really like the other, the opposing. No. And there, there's that, the rumors of the famous yearly meeting in England, I forget what city or where it is, where it's half ET, half human, and maybe some inner earth folks for color. And, you know, and they get together and they're like, all right, this is it. And and it goes down the chain of command. So they have to get along. It's like any other kind of board or anything on a corporation or something. You got to get along at the end of the day. You may argue about certain points and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, when somebody at the top gives an order, well, that's that. Now, there's some wiggle room and negotiations. You know, a lot of ET races, they love to negotiate and contracts are big. That's where we get contract law and the contracts and corporations. We learned it from them. And that's big out in the universe. Yeah. You, you sign a contract, you're beholden to it. Better not break it because that's a universal law. And of course, you can get around, you can bend universal law and they break it. You know, Penny Bradley says they break it all the time, certain ET groups, yeah. because everyone has an agenda. And, and that makes sense. Right. It's like, oh, I met these wonderful ETs and they're blue and they sent out the flower of life and you know they're and they gave me a crystal and everything was love and light and it's a, and so okay well you know probably but do they have a hidden agenda <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh, no they're wonderful people you you don't you've got to meet them and it's like oh, I'd meet them but I use the law of discernment which is a right. permanent law. And, you know, they might be 97% benevolent and they like us and, you know, we like you guys, eh, but we want to steal all your orchids from the Amazon <laughs> and leave you none. You know, it's something like that. You know, it's it's kind of like not everyone's, you know, 100% benevolent and right. same, you know, yin and yang, you know, there's a little bit of light in the dark. You know, you take the yin and yang symbol, black and white, if you spin it fast, what color do you get? gray gray yeah there you go. Is, everything is lighter gray or darker gray people like simple black and white answers and there's none right this yeah. whole issue it's everything is gray yes some people wear very very light gray hats you know uh, i presume chris mellon is sort of a medium gray <laughs> a little dark 
you know, and I'm a lighter gray hat, but I mean, no one's a saint, no one's a savior. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's part of the, the reason the human race really, the lessons, part of the big lesson to learn is that one of them. Right. Because when we mature, when you get older, you, you learn some of that. Most cops are good, but you know, there's the 20, 15, 20% that are on the take you know, or shoot somebody, you know, for money or something like that. But most cops are good, you know, but, it, you know, it's like perspective is important, you know, everything like that. Right. You know, you interview somebody who's been beaten up by a cop and they hate cops, but then those same cops are, you know, saving somebody's life with a bunch of firemen. You know, it's, boy, the universe is all flexible. Reality is flexible. Everything is flexible and everything is gray. Right lighter dark thing you know, nobody's perfect it's, oh god source I, he or she is lot pure light and it's like eh, i wonder <laughs> yeah, i bet they owe a lot of people some poker money right <laughs> well it's i always say that like there is no answer for anything like you can make a list of possibilities and the answer is always all of the above like yeah. i don't I don't think that there's like nothing's clear cut, like you said, and that's very apparent. It's very apparent. Uh, People I'm, don't like that. They don't like the flexibility of something. They like you know everything hard, solid, you know, solid, black right. or white. You know, right. my dad was kind of like that. I'm like, hey man, <laughs> there's a lot of flexibility and grayness in here. Oh hell no! You know? Right, right. And it's you always, like, and it's like always answers. It's always about who benefits from like the UFO disclosure, like who benefits from what they're doing right now? Like, obviously we talked about that earlier, but it's always, there's always an agenda behind every move yeah. that's made. They're doing this whole UAP thing, the whole of it, because they have to. Who's on the inside pushing for that? That's anyone's guess. Some lighter gray, medium, gray, medium to lighter gray hats are like, enough is enough. The internet's changed everything the last 30 years. People are seeing more and more shit in the sky. Uh, pilots are seeing stuff. I know Navy personnel are really pissed off. They're like, we see them all the time, but we're supposed to report them as naval flares. You know, I was on the USS Enterprise in 1995 for a couple of nights, and it's an aircraft carrier. And, and we saw in the distance off South Carolina in the east, you know, all these orange lights that, you know, they were in formation, then one zipped away, and then, then they blipped out and they said the officer on the deck said to all the enlisted people you know it's just naval flares everyone back to work and the chief petty officer some some guys passed me and my my, my oni friend who was with me and they said no they always say that we know what the fuck they are right right and they're well, getting tired they're getting tired the service personnel all branches maybe not the space force but all branches they're getting tired of being treated like children not given the proper clearances or information. Uh, yeah, they believe in national security and the Constitution, most, not all. But the Navy believes in Constitution, Marines. Yeah. They're not beholden to a commander-in-chief. They're beholden to the Constitution, which represents, in theory, the American people. Right. But we right. live in a corrupt um, well, let, you know, republic. Let, Let's talk about the Navy and the Space Force. because So the Space Force recently took over all military satellite communications. I don't know if you recently saw that. And I don't know how true that is, but that's what was announced. And then uh, what 
the Space Force also is allegedly working on a new space station that's going to be three times the size of the Empire State Building, and they're decommissioning the ISS in 2031. They're going to crash land it in the Pacific Ocean. It's a piece of shit anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So, so and uh, the information about the new space station comes directly from somebody I know who uh, whose father is working on it, and this is real well, intel. Well, They'll say it's new, but they've had it up there for 20 years. Right. Oh, you know, oh, we got a space station. You know, it's just like anything else up there. There's a ton of shit up there in orbit. Very degrees of, you know, and then space forces orbit or high. They they seem to be at their forefront of all of this right now. And they even seem to be like an aerospace company as well. If they are, in fact, building a new space station. Yeah. Um, it's a confusing mess. But here's here's what I know for whatever it's worth, because, you know, I'm not right about everything. Um, there was something called Earth Defense Force. Mm-hmm. And it's been around for 30, 40 years. That, I think, was changed to U.S. Space Force. So we've always had it for, I don't know, 40, 50 years. We've had, you know, a presence in space as a de- defensive of the earth, you know, whether it's satellite or space stations, they've had space stations since the fifties probably. And so that's, that's that component uh, Naval space command, the NSC, it's one of those acronyms that's based in Kwajalein Island and Diego Garcia. Mm-hmm. That much I know from my own eye sources. I've known that for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. I didn't know the significance of it. You know, Kwajalein, they launch things with chemical rockets and anti-gravity. It's it's in a position for privacy, but also there's an electromagnetic um, benefit of being in Kwajalein for getting stuff into orbit or beyond. What that benefit is electromagnetically has something to do with the Earth. And so that's, but that's all I know. Uh, probably the same in Diego Garcia. Boy, if you want privacy, that's in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the SSP people mention that from time to time. Right. Where the Germans come and resupply. That That's logical to me. Under contract, you know, they have contracts to resupply. That would be a great place to land. And yeah, you know, right. whether you're in, cloaked, invisible or whatever, that's easy to do. Um, they were working on that in the, in the 30s. It's my new book. I talk about it. Optical invisibility. You're changing. Uh, it has a time travel component to it, because I in my book, uh, my latest book, Sanity was a luxury. They're aboard a German anti gravity airship, and the Varian brothers and Van Bush, the MIT Rad Lab, and John G. Trump is in there as a character. They cobble up a series of klystron radar tubes, and they say we could bend light using scalar waves in, at microwave frequencies. This gets into the Eldridge and Project Rainbow stuff. But theoretically, I kind of pieced it together. I think they could have done it. They were working on it in the 30s. That's the word under FDR and Tesla. And so what it does is, is it's out of phase. Uh, when you, you're looking at an aircraft from another aircraft, and then you shift the phase using scalar waves and, you know, it becomes invisible because it's actually one step further out of time phase than you. So it's yeah. a little bit of time travel used for optical invisibility. I think that's kind of sort of how it worked, at least back then, whether what they have today, who knows. But um, 
I kind of pieced that together. That was interesting to me. And I, of course it worked and, you know, it, uh, it had limitations, but it worked. Right. So, um, yeah. And as far as the Navy's involvement in all this stuff, they seem to be way back. Yeah. It, the diving it, bells, uh, the Glomar Explorer. I, I drilled down. Uh, this is a few, six months ago. I drilled down on the Glomar Explorer, which Howard Hughes was, and Hughes Aircraft was involved in. And lo and behold, there it was. My dad as Undersecretary of the Navy in 1971. He was involved with the Underwater National Recon Reconnaissance Office and the Glomar Explorer. Sure, it picked up a few Russian submarines. What else did it? Was it designed to pick up off the ocean floor? Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not sure. What I was the... like, oh, my God. I didn't even know that about dad. I'm not sure. I, I don't know about the, the, you said Glomar Explorer? Glomar Explorer. Look it up. It's a, it's a big ship that's designed with two crane towers to lower uh, a grappling, you know, a type of grappling device to the ocean bottom to pick up submarines and whatever else it can grasp onto. Oh, you mentioned that in your letter. Did you not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I knew I heard it. Um you know, I, I remember the first interview you were talking about that movie, The Final Countdown, how that was, yeah, uh, that's weird. you know, I watched that movie and it's incredible. They're, you know, talking about time travel and in a practical formality and applying it to the military and the Navy. And you said that was a recruitment film. I noticed yeah. the, the U.S. Navy now is saying, referring to the new Top Gun movie is like the number one movie on their Twitter account. It's the first thing. Top Gun uh, voted number one. Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick mm -hmm. voted number one by the Navy. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm wondering if that's also being used as a recruitment film as well. Oh, sure. I mean, Hollywood's been neck and neck with the Intel and the, and, the, and the military services. I mean, look at 2001 Space Odyssey. I saw that when I was six years old in 1968 with my dad and my best friend um imagine all the people joining nasa and and the air force and some other secret you know u.s navy space program was active even back then that was a damn that was showing us the secret space program a lot of people believe that i i think so as well mm -hmm. they were showing yeah. us the truth which they do on occasion now, of course, the Antarctica, you know, they they make silly movies like Iron Sky, and I think they're making a third one. They're terrible movies. Terrible. But there's, but there's disclosure in it. Sort of, because they're demonizing it. They're making it look ridiculous. Right. That, yeah. to me, to me and others, that that's a, a red flag, because they're going all, it's not like 2001 or the Top Gun or whatever else. No, they're demonizing that making it look childish and silly it was made for the movies are made for children mm -hmm. and so yeah. they're telling some truth probably i think but they're demonizing it as hard as they can right. that's a red flag in my book well just like right. the as soon as as soon as trump announced the space force the netflix series came out space force it's a comedy that oh, makes terrible right it makes fun of it yeah right like it's a joke yeah and he just disappeared. Magic. <laughs> um, it's freezing in here. Uh, you're fine. In the bunker, it's freezing here. I keep the humidity at 10%. Nice. But that's exactly, you're exactly right. Because Iron Sky is, and uh, Starship Troopers is another one that, yeah. re that really paint a picture of what the, how the SSP operates and yeah. what's actually going on. But it, it's laughable you know they do it under the guise of comedy Terrible. yeah when i in the 1990s i was working in post-production television i was a computer guy a compositor doing special effects work for movies and commercials and things like that 
And I saw Starship, Starship Troopers being made on the computer, you know, with the animation in those days. It was all soft image. And I was like, this is a weird movie. And then I watched, you know, 10 minutes of it. And I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. And now I'm like, I wonder if they're really showing us some of the truth. They mm-hmm. they make it kind of silly and they make it for young adults and, you know, 12-year-olds. Right. But under cosmic law, are you know, they're showing us the truth. I agree. And I, I've heard from people like Daryl James and some other SSP people that the way they're depicted um, wearing, I guess, the dark fleet would be depicted the long leather coats with the hat, the black leather coats with the hat. Apparently that's exactly how they dressed. And that to me, like that's a detail that you can't ignore. If that's really what these people are remembering and that same detail shows up in a movie like Starship Troopers, that's a like subtle disclosure, but no one's ever going to connect those dots unless you really go down that rabbit hole. You you got to have a, a a good knowledge of all this stuff, and you and the the problem is, and this is what the U.S. government and the UAP folks they know people can't. I mean, this has taken me forty five years of my life to piece together. You know, I had my own. I came to this very slowly and skeptically, but I'm open minded. I, I I consider everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know that's why I'm friends with Penny Bradley and others. You know, the, I I want to listen and I want to. And a lot of the stuff they say is uh, it's very esoteric. But you know, as far as German history going back to the Romans trying to genocide the Germans, that's true. Mm-hmm. You got to have a good knowledge of history to understand that. But to ordinary citizens, it's going to sound like a, a bunch of complicated gobbledygook. Right? They know that. You know, Chris Mellon and everybody, and they know that. They know who their audience is, and. I saw a document many, many decades ago, I don't know, and uh, it said the average IQ of America is somewhere around 85. Yikes. It's the average. And I was like, this can't be true. I believe that. I don't believe this. This is a military document. Someone showed it to me. And now, I, I, sadly, you know, I've sort of come to terms with that. Um, they know how to manipulate people. Oh, they don't even have to do any heavy lifting. It's so easy and to demonize everyone in the disclosure movement as being a, still a bunch of tinfoil hats with, you know, binoculars looking at UFOs in the sky and, and making up ghost stories right. about space. Right. Oh, they saw that Star Wars. Right. Oh, they saw that and, you know, the day the earth stood still. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of sci-fi movies where, you know, aliens are attacking us. Right, you know, post-apocalyptic movies too. It's the, yeah. There's a lot to... of there, there's a lot of disclosure mm-hmm. in the original 1960s Star Trek series. Oh yeah. Now the the word the story on that that I've gotten from several sources, I pieced it together. Gene Roddenberry, who was you know a World War II pilot, he saw action. He was the real deal. His best friend was Leslie Stevens Jr who was a Hollywood producer and did Battlestar Galactica in the 1970s. Guess who his father was? Admiral Leslie Stevens. And supposedly, he's the one who gave Gene Roddenberry, through his son, the information to put into the Star Trek series. There's word that it was a Navy-sponsored vehicle. 
the Navy wanted in the early 60s to start getting some of these concepts out to a very simplistic public. In the 1960s, it was barbaric times. Civil rights, it was grim. And so they were able to talk about all these issues and slavery, cosmic slavery, racism, you know, war, a lot of war in Star Trek, you know, Klingons and everything like that. And who are the Klingons? Who are the Romulans? Who are the Vulcans? You know, hmm. You know, I mean, there's all these you know, concepts of logic, and they had episodes where the computer took over the whole enterprise. That's AI. Failed. They were trying to warn us about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I urge people to go back and, and with this new knowledge that we're all talking about here, especially you guys, to go back and watch that with an eye that Gene Roddenberry was, the story is, he was a member of the council. Uh, he was privy to the Council of Nine, mm-hmm. nine ETs, at the E. Salen Institute in California. And, you know, William Tompkins writes, Admiral Rico Boda, who was in charge of the Douglas aircraft, he's in my new book. He's a character. You know, he and and Leslie Stevens definitely knew each other. Right. Uh, I think. From my research, it's hard to find anything on Boda. My father and I did two FOIA requests. The Navy gave us one page. You know, height, weight, serial number, commander of, of uh, San Diego Naval Air Station. It's on right. an island. Well, most so, of that information comes from William Tompkins about right. Boda. It and- all starts to piece together if you do your homework. But a lot of people read a few books and watch a few videos and freak out and say, well, oh, this can't be true. Right. And I don't blame them, but it's like... It takes a lot of study. And, and yeah. And then we have to consider the disinfo agents that are sent in to muddy the waters. Also that. And I actually have a list of like the different levels of disinfo agents that I just think is really interesting to consider. They have agents of influence, the confusion agents, contract agents, deep cover agents, disinfo agents, notional agents, provocation, provocation <laughs> agents, and uh, spoon feeder agents. Yeah. And like okay ages (laughs) right and each one there's a description that i could go through if you want to but each one has a description on how they operate and what their strategies are and a lot of them i see being used within the disclosure of truth movement right and and i i'd like to think i have a pretty good level of discernment you know i'm 60 years old so i've been around um in my opinion for whatever it's worth um the people that concern me the most in the whole disclosure arena is not Chris Mellon, Luis Elizondo, and Gary Nolan, and Travis Taylor, and you know all those guys. It's the guys, men and women, who are in the middle. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Jeremy Corbell is is a big fan of Bob Lazar. I am too. Um, I know people that knew. You know, they they say Lazar was legit. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, people that I trust here, you know, people not on the internet, military folks. But then Jeremy Corbell goes off the reservation and starts talking about softball things and gee whiz, I'm going to go on ancient aliens on the history channel, which is all bullshit. You know, the ancient <laughs> aliens is some disclosure. And then they say the top of a pyramid turns into a UFO made out of solid gold and zooms up into space. That's stupid. <laughs> you know, and, and so they're telling you some truth, I think, and then they muck it all up by telling you ridiculous things. Well, what if it would be ancient astronauts think this? And so Jeremy Corbell, I think, is a very dangerous person. Maybe he's just an idiot. 
but I, I wonder because I think he's been trained to say, oh, you know, Bob Lazar's okay. He's just talking about this. But then everything else he demonizes. And it's right. subtle. Right. It's right. very right. subtle. He's sort of this mid-level guy, but he gets a lot of public exposure. That's dangerous to me. That's a guy who well, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's the kind of guy where they tapped him on the shoulder and said, do this for us or else, or here's some money, either right. or, or both. Very, pretty strong. That's and exactly the vibe. And he, he talks about yeah. Bob Lazar, like, yeah, Bob Lazar's great. And then everyone's like, all right. And then he goes off and talks about you know how great Chris Millen and, and all these other guys are. Right. And it's like, holy shit. Right. So he's saying some good stuff, and then he's saying some a lot of tainted stuff. That's counterintelligence 101. Exactly. Well, That's how they operate. Exactly. And uh, another example is Ross Coulthard, and you know, other mm. they're suddenly they're an expert. Um, but I'm you know, I'm disappointed in Richard Dolan and I'm disappointed in Linda Moulton Howe for reaching across the aisle and doing a softball interview with Chris Mellon. <laughs> right. What the hell? That's not gonna further anything right except there well, a lot of it becomes entertainment the storytelling you know and the first one on that list agent of influence it says somebody who may be under mind control or ideologically motivated to use their positions of influence to mind control others so we have to think about the mind control aspect of all this mm -hmm. and people in these positions might be under mind control and we know this is possible this is no secret yeah they may not be aware of what they're doing. That's what I mean. That's right? what I mean. Why some people are more susceptible to MK Ultra mind control techniques, it's mostly electronic now. Why some are and, and other people, you know, I, I would hope that the three of us are not. Right, you know, right. we're talking about, you know, we're talking smack and we're not holding back. And others don't. I I, I don't understand. That part, maybe some of the SSP folks can clarify how that works. Right. Maybe you have to be a little soft in the head to begin with, like Tom DeLong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Great musician or you know, Freemason, whatever. You know, I have friends who are Freemasons and they're like, that guy's full of shit. <laughs> well, you know, and I mean, they, these they, guys, real guys. And they're like, you know, that guy's, you know, he's a bobo. He's, yeah, the definition of a puppet being used. Or what they call useful idiot. Useful or, idiot, unfortunately. Right. Well, somebody in his position, like, think about, like, they take advantage of your ego, too. And like, hey, what if we make you the next UFO guy to the Stars right. Academy? Like, mm -hmm. listen, how does this sound? To the Stars Academy, you yeah. get you get access to top secret classified information. You get to go on Joe Rogan's podcast. You should tell the world what happens with UFOs. Like, they present it to them. Right. He was given information that's been floating around for 30 years. Exactly. I mean, Alex Collier has been talking about that stuff and others, Greer and and, and uh, you name it. So right. what did Tom DeLong do? He just regurgitated shit. Right. You know, I'm sure his intention was good. Uh, by all accounts, he's a nice guy. I think they manipulated him out the yin-yang. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, and then he's like playing KG and he goes on Joe Rogan. That's a softball host. You know, Knapp, Joe Rogan, others. These softball hosts and just gets, sits there in his beanie and his hipster outfit and goes, <laughs> yeah, man, it's all cool. No, it's not cool at all. This is frightening and horrifying. Right. Yeah. Right. right. I'm DeLong, Jeremy Corbell, you know, there's a million of them. Right. Who, you know, and they cater to the to most of the folks. 
who are very, very starting to get very concerned about this whole UFO issue, ET issue. And they're starting to get scared and they're reinforcing their pink, you know, fluffy cloud of, you know, that false floor of reality. They're, they're helping them, you know, pound new boards. Oh, don't worry. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> right. You know, and, right. Right. Well, so it's, I've seen it all my life. It, it's, it's, it's so obvious. Like, got all these philosophers and uh, psychologists. I'm doing an interview with a bunch of Jungians and they, they all believe that, you know, my grandfather knew Carl Jung and his concept of the, the collective unconscious. And I think they're going to have me on and they're going to say, isn't it all in everyone's mind? Mm-hmm. Don't we just co- co-create our reality? How do you explain that? Yes, part of that's true. We do co-create our reality because that makes sense to me. But come on, it's not in all every you know, billions of people. It's not in our heads. But they're see what they're doing. They're 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 protecting right. their sanity. Right. This is why my new book is called "Sanity Was a Luxury." That's a quote from Ernst Schaefer of the Ananerbe SS, the archaeologists, and they're having this heated discussion about all the German technology and how it's going off the rails. This is allied my allied characters and the Germans. And they're like, we're really concerned. And they're like, this is insane. And he's like, sanity is a luxury. And we can't afford it right now. Right. Because everything has gone insane. So the problem with those concepts, trying to to hide behind a philosopher or a psychologist, you know, Young was CIA. He was OSS. And then, you know, once CIA, always CIA. Right. And they're they're going to the, you know, a guy who wrote a book about flying saucers. I've read it. It's mostly disinformation. Don't worry, folks. You know, it's all in your mind. Well, yeah, they might be real, but you know, they're far away. Don't worry, it's all in your mind. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's it's more of this people being chicken shit. I'm sorry, they're just cowards telling you what to think about it rather than presenting information. The information letting you decide. Yeah, well, they can't. Right. They can't. They don't have much of an argument now that the you know the government's coming out saying, oh, there's a strange. There's way you know they can't. They're they're finding less. It's like having a a mountain climber having a perch. You know these perch. All these perches are going away. They're going up an ice, frozen waterfall, and they're running out of you know ice axes and things to cement their their pathetic third dimensional twentieth century reality, which is a little <laughs> more gone, folks. Right, right. And you, you nailed it. Exactly. You know, another thing I see is we have all of a sudden these ex-Illuminati people coming out doing interviews yeah. say, saying that, oh, it's all virtual reality. These people are just remembering yeah. virtual reality. Oh, SSP is all memory implants and virtual reality. It's Which is fake. a little bit of the truth. Right. Some of it a little is. little bit. Surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. That's what Winston Churchill said. Oh, my God, the truth has to be protected with a huge bodyguard of lies. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the way, that's an intel tactic. Chris Millen goes out there and goes, oh, it's a mystery. And, you know, some of them might be alien. A little bit of truth. It's not a mystery, but the, you know, the alien part. And then he goes, "Ah, don't worry. It's probably the Chinese or the Russians. So they they kind of tantalize you with a little bit of, they think they're going to say something true. And then they fall back on their bullshit narrative. Yeah. Like a big fluffy mattress. Ah, Everything's (laughs) fine. Here's a blankie. Right. Right. Exactly. Don't worry, American people. Here's a cashmere blanket. Right, firm, fuzzy, nothing to see here. Move right. along. The bullshit. Have a rum drink, you know. Have a tiki yeah. rum drink. Right, the bullshit <laughs> narrative. That's right. why I'm going to name this episode. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, actually really good. It's you know, and I I don't blame people. I I really I mean I I can sound harsh sometimes, but you know a lot of these people are my friends and family. 
you know, that I love dearly. But, you know, we all got to start to grow up. I mean, all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're never yeah. going to stop learning. You know, well, they hope they hope that we get so confused and lose hope. So we and we just throw in the towel and go back to working our 40 hour job and forget about it. That's what they want. And yes. that's why the IQ is what you said it was 80 at 85 or whatever. I saw um, that, but, you know, people can argue that all day long, but, but you can, it, you see those, worse. you see those people go around and ask random people basic questions about history, about the presidents. And, and most people like they can't answer it. A lot of people can't, they don't know, you know, who the first president was. It's like this the millennial generation. So it's like, okay, there's, that's done by design. They're, the distractions are put in place, so you know they schools, don't... movie, games, right. VR goggles, and the games. Boy, those are dangerous. Right. You know, and I see my step. I have a step grandson. You know, and he's diddling away on these games. I mean, there's no way to get him off that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so addict, designed to be addictive. And then the movies and the TV shows. Yeah, TikTok, and, ten you second know, videos. It's weird fans. because, like on Netflix, Dark is talking to you about time travel. And they're alluding to Brookhaven Labs in Long Island, but it's set in Germany at this fake atomic plant. But they're giving you some truth. But boy, they made it so complicated and slow and German. And uh, I mean, some of my friends asked me, what the hell is dark really about? And I said, you'd, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, you know, and and then they're like, what? You know, it. they tell us bits of truth, but it is so convoluted. There are very few shows that really hit the nail on the head, if any. Right. I mean, I'm surprised right. Graham Hancock's show got on Netflix. Or Me whatever. too. We were just talking. I I am shocked that was allowed, but that I don't know. To me, that gives me like maybe there's some some kind of like shift, good infiltration <laughs> on Netflix or something happening here. A little bit of hope, yeah. Right, right, a and well. Bit. And then um, this this the gift show. Yeah, there's a, a, a it was filmed in Istanbul. It's called The Gift, and it's about Gobekli. Oh yeah, Tep, about very Gobekli nice. Gobekli Tepe. Very good. And yeah. and it talks about parallel dimensions and they all these profound universal messages that I'd never expected to you know yeah. stuff we talk about on here on our show that's on Netflix now. I'm like, how did this slip through the cracks? Unless it was allowed because because it, it was very highbrow. It's not that easy to understand. It's subtitled from Turkish. Right. Um, only us UFO nerds and you know new age geeks and metaphysical mystic types are going to be really into that. Right. For the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, your average Joe or Jane six pack. I don't know about the world, but the America, they're not going to watch that. Right. What's right. this about? You know, turn on sports and football. <laughs> right. It, it it's right. sad. I, I don't say that to be mean. I, it's just. It's the it truth. Yeah. yeah. There's some really smart people I know. And then like football's on the, it's like, woo. Right. It's, it's like a power down. Exactly. Sports. They just yep. Power down, baby. Exactly. And then like I go to family gatherings and stuff and people can't help. It is a literal simulation when people are talking about the weather and sports yeah. and what their favorite Netflix politics. series is and politics. And Oh boy, they love politics in America. Right. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a contact sport. It's another sport, right? Right, exactly. It's nonsense, and and you know, and some. This brings up another point um, I wanted to mention. I'm not going to mention the person who said this, but somebody in the SSP realm, 
got up on stage in front of a group of large group of people and said, you know, folks, all you got to do is go to the polls and vote for the right people and we can have change. And I stood there listening to this and my jaw just hit the floor and shattered. Right. Yeah. Let I me tell that. you, folks, I've been around the U.S. government all my life. You're only going to vote for another moron in charge. I just told you about the congressman who had, you know, gee whiz, UAPs. And they shut him down. And if he keeps probing, they'll get rid of him. He's a congressman in two years. Oh, he mysteriously didn't win his next election. That's how it works. You're not going to vote anyone in. Politics, the U.S. government, anything, you're never going to get any disclosure or change or progressivism from those people. The military are designed to defend this country, you know, and from any threats from outer space. And that's it. They're they're not in a position to disclose anything. That's for the U.S. government. See the runaround? Right. The U.S. government creates right. the task force. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so it just goes round and round and round. You're not going to get anything. It has to come from the people. Right. And I thought that was very, very irresponsible to say that. And this we is know- somebody in the secret space program you know, a veteran. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can you be a veteran of what's going on out in space and say that? <laughs> That's right. A, you're t- I'll just that say the curious. name. I'll just say the name because I don't care. Randy Kramer. I like Randy. I think he right. has great you know, stories to tell. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. But my but God, right. that was, that was, I mean, he's and then then a lot of him and a lot of other people go, well, my commanding officer won't let me talk about that. They're still let me get something. Let me get something straight. I'm here with my face. A lot of people come on, you know, interviews and they they just have a blank. They don't want to show their face. What you think technology is not going to figure out your voice. They've got technology that can do anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting up there and saying, well, I'm not allowed to talk about that. Ha ha ha. That's not funny. Right. Once you have the, you know, right. once you have the balls to come on, show your face, and talk about everything, right? You know, it, I I can't stand this. Well, I could talk about this, but not that. You right? Know, ha ha! You you kids aren't worthy of my. Well, apparently, I'm it's too high level. Or, right? Well, they say, says they, they say it's because of NDAs, but uh, please, they're talking right. about the secret space program, and you're, right. you're worried about your NDA. It doesn't make any sense, right? Well. So that ruins their credibility to me. That's a great example of compartmentalization too, because he's only being told certain things and he thinks everything he's being told is the truth. And, oh, if that was true, I would know about it. It's like that whole kind of thing. Right. And it's like, well, no, because it's compartmentalized. You're being told what they want you to know because that serves that compartment. And then I cannot fathom you're talking about a secret space program and fighting in space for corporations and everyone else but i can't talk about this because my commanding officer said no no right that's no sense to me that's a joke well and there's a key the key word key words commanding officer these people still have superiors that they answer to and tell them to to tell their superiors to go jump on in a lake (laughs) it's ridiculous We're, we're talking about the survival of the human race. Right. Yeah. And you're worried about what some, you know, jarhead commanding officer is telling you? You're worried about the wrong things. Right. You know, you know, I'm not an SSP. I mean, 
I don't have memories. I don't have any of that stuff, but I've had my experiences and I don't hold back because, you know, some Senator, you know, called me up one night and said, don't talk about that. I don't do that. I never worked for the government and I never worked for the military. Right. But even if you did, you know, this ship has sailed folks. This, right. Oh, I can't talk about this one thing. Why the hell not? You're talking about everything else, motherships and, you know, Draco <laughs> cement unions and corporate, you know, and I, I provide ice cream for the secret space program out there. You know, it's organic. You know, <laughs> talk about all that shit and you can't talk about this, you know, the aquatic people's union for, you know, freedom of the oceans. You know, what the hell is so top secret about that? It right, just, right. you know, I'm, I'm going to vent, you know, it, it, it needs to be said. Right. Yes. Thank you. And besides, <laughs> yeah. and here's what I think. Like most of the people, the masses don't believe in this stuff anyway. Right. So like, what's yeah. the difference if you share one bit of information next to the other be, that they already don't believe? Right. Oh, I can't talk about the frog people. <laughs> no way. That's too much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Right. Too to talk about. It's, right. it's insane. You know, it's, it's just, you know, I understand people are manipulated and messed with and alternate personalities and, you know, God knows, psychotronic controls and the, the sky's the limit. I understand all that. But it's 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 so strange to me when people come up, oh, I can talk about this, but no way I'm going to talk about the ice cream stuff. No way. Why not? Right. You know, some corporation doesn't want you to talk about that. Who cares? Well, some people, maybe they were threatened. It's all circumstantial. We don't know. Um so we can't throw everybody under the same blanket, but I do understand what you're saying. It's just strange to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. I can talk about this, but hell right. no, you know. Right, right, right. And a lot of that, it, those people are in those positions because they've been manipulated via their ego. And by saying that they can't say something that they're privy to, um, that that boosts their yeah. ego. Ego yeah. loves that. Right, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I've never said that. I've never, no one's ever told me to withhold this. You know, I've gotten some general warnings from people I respect, but, you know, I'm like, well, we're at the 11th hour. Mm. We really are. I mean, there's that, the countdown clock, you know, one minute to midnight. We're at the one minute mark, the human race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. By all accounts, everyone's watching us. What are they going to do? Are they going to really, you know, are they going to, you know, haul this ball over the goal line or not? And everyone's like, oh, well, I, you know, I can't tell you my real name. I can't do this and that. It's like, do you realize what's at stake? Right. Because in 20 years, when I'm 80, if we don't move this ball over the goal line in a meaningful way, I mean, the people, everyone around the earth, um, then we're, then we're going to succumb to a lot of us dying, a lot of us uh, being chipped by Elon Musk. And put in a cubicle with a computer and everything else will be built by robots. And I mean, that's where we're headed. It's full on, full on slavery. Yeah. Full on. I mean, it's, and it's faster than people think. Right. Well, it, because it, it happens. Elon Musk as, as if a demigod. They, it happens before your eyes and you don't see it until it's too late. And that's what every, that's how it all happens. If you notice, like next thing you know, there's charging stations and electric cars and all this stuff. How did, when did that happen? Like it just all of right. a sudden there. It's the to totalitarian tiptoe as right. David Ike puts it. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's I'm it. all for electric cars. But let them let them charge themselves while they drive because that's that's so easy yeah. to do and you can easily charge the battery, keep it battery. You, you hook something up to your axle 
and it can charge the battery while you drive. You don't even need a charging station. Like there's things like that, that they still, it, they still keep you under their power, under their control by making you go plug in your car. Yeah. I mean, right. they're going to need zero point or, you know, some type of fusion to, to meet the energy demands in 10 or 15 years in America. Um, and now there's all these things in England. They announced a small town is doing a small paper. But they said, oh, we've got fusion up and running. It, it works. We're going to have it nailed within 10 years. And in America, too, they're like, oh, the Navy and everything. We have breakthrough in fusion. Well, you know, they've been using it for 50 years or more. Right. You know, all you need is a strong magnetic field to contain it. Well, Both technologies, really. And, and you know, it's torsion tensor physics. You know, it, it's they're they're starting to let out bits of the truth. But. Everything across the board, people are you know, talking and all this. For me personally, as I research this and, and given all the history, it's a case of every time it's a case of too little, too late. Right. We all, the Allies almost lost World War II because it was a case of too little, too late. And with the Germans, they almost had their technology uh, in mature, but it was too little, too late. It's getting scary. I mean, that war could have ended everything. Are yeah. you are you familiar with the Boeing B-21 Raider that was um, unveiled December 22nd? It's like the new stealth fighter bomber, um, yeah. but, but they say it's nuclear capable. <laughs> what does that mean? And, you know, in, in, in the article, it says nuclear capable or conventional. So they're telling you subtly like, hey. Sort of, yeah. They're, you know, the Navy's cagey. They let out some patents and things here and there. Here's how to build a black triangle. Now right. everyone says you could from the patent you can see how it works. Yeah, sort of. They and they let out just enough information to whet your appetite, but not the big stuff. Right, right. Um, and then now Boeing is uh, partnering with NASA, and they're creating the new next gen aircraft, the commercial airliners. I don't know if you saw that. But yeah, that's going to be problematic. They're they're trying to get us off oil and coal eventually in the 25, right. 30 years. The Navy, the aircraft, if they say it's nuclear or conventional, that probably uh, it's like a TR3 black triangle. Uh, the early ones had hydrogen type thruster system. So that's conventional. But then it had a plasma ring with it with a, a plasma accelerator on it doing a zero point to you know high voltage and then three nodes are, are using torsion fields monatomic gold and silver plasma and quartz crystals you know it that's to them that's nuclear they can call that nuclear tech is it technically nuclear mm, depends who you talk to in the nuclear physics arena mm -hmm. sort of so they get away with saying oh this aircraft is conventional and there's a nuclear component and what is that code for? And that means anti-gravitics or anti-gravity. You know, they, what they do is they just take off with conventional ramjet or, or, or turbines. And then they switch to electrogravitics like the B-2 bomber. Right. In low Earth orbit. Right. Right. And, and I go from there. It's probably moon and Mars capable if it has a plasma ring like a TR-3B. I think that that even some of our conventional aircraft are retrofitted like i'm talking about like commercial airliners yeah. even possibly being retrofitted with this technology as well and um i had a very vivid dream one night where i was co-pilot of this airliner and we had to make an emergency landing and the pilot flipped on the 
anti-gravitics, let's say, the nuclear-capable technology, and we just descended. And I was like, I knew that was retrofitted in these planes. He's like, oh, yeah, they all have it, and they're, they're only allowed to use it under emergency orders. It's it, That was a dream, but I think something like that, you know, I think that happens. Well, they could. Um, how do we get that to work? I mean, they just use conventional jet engines, and then in flight, they could switch over and reduce throttle. It'll probably save a lot of fuel, and and then in an emergency, you could you could just glide to the ground very subtly and land. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is you give that to Lufthansa or United Airlines, they're going to wonder how the black box works. In other words, I was talking to my friend John Majorowski. He has a channel. Um, and he said that, uh, um, you know, I lost, I lost my train of thought, but, but, oh, the satellites. And so when you order a satellite, a company orders a satellite, the satellite comes, but the black box comes from another corporation. It's a power source. And they say, what's in the black box? It's going to power it for 25, 30 years. And they're like, that's classified. Yeah. Yeah, put it in, launch it. You're done. No more questions. And so they've been, you know, the, the Apollo 11 command module, some theorize that it had a black box in there to protect the command module and the LEM from micrometeorites, gamma radiation, and the Van Allen belt. So they have to have this electromagnetic bubble. Remember in NASA, Kurt Debus was number two under Von Braun. He was a high-voltage electrical plasma specialist. Right. What does that have to do with rockets? Right. Well, right. everything, if you understand right. <laughs> the electric <laughs> universe. Yeah. So they had a black box going to the moon. And a lot of people say we didn't go to the moon. I, I don't care, honestly, if we did or not. Um, we probably went once, twice. And then Apollo went dark and classified and and all that jazz. Um, but you know, we've had these black boxes and other things, you know, solid state, you know, zero point. You know, they have the, the clear plastic brick which I talk about in some funny stories and, you know, it can power a whole building or even a series of buildings from a solid state. It's clear. looks like, you know, Lexan or something. Um, That's really high tech stuff. Um, We probably have back engineered that now. So hence the black boxes that can power satellite for 50 years. Mm -hmm. Now satellites go obsolete way before that time, but they just either they go up and retrieve the black box and then they send it into low earth orbit to burn up you know it's not hard we've got a lot of gear in space we've got space stations we've got you know service vans coming around going oh this satellite's going down they take the good technology out of it and save it for something else because it never goes bad right Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting too you said like (laughs) you said that you know some of these aircraft will take off with conventional methods then they'll switch over um James Caspolt talked about in an old interview. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Or, oh, yeah. Um, he talked about um, how he was sent to Mars. Uh, it was a regular, typical, conventional rocket launch from from Peru. He said he had to be trained to be an astronaut. They shot him up into space. And once they were up there, they boarded a free energy craft and then took right. that to Mars. It's all part to maintain the, you know, it's all right. show. Right. It's the show. That was the old days. That was the old days. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, the old days. oh, now they, you know, now it's a pick you up in your room. backyard. You come with us. You know, I had a dream. Well, I went to the moon base one night. I was like, oh, that was lucid. And I was high as a kite. And I was, doctors were examining me and I was looking out these black windows. 
where I want to see the moon and space and the earth. And they're like, don't worry about it. It's out there, but you can't see through the windows. That was weird. You know, everyone's had all these weird dreams. It, it's very possible that most of us have been out in space. Our consciousness has been out there. They borrowed it for a while. Oh, fix the toilet, Mr. Warner. Okay, you know, plumber. <laughs> you know, on the moon base, and it's not very fun. And then they put me, you know. So we all might have been doing this, that, or the other. I had another dream. I was in the Air Force, you know, with a 1960s uniform on with a typewriter. They were like, you're a writer, type these reports up. And I had stacks of reports. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> Being on the moon or Mars would be more fun. No, you don't get to do the fun stuff. Type these up and shut up. So I wonder about all that. It's, it's, it was, I woke up and I told my wife, I was like, wow, I was a, I was a typist. Yeah. It was really boring work. But they need, they need personnel to do right. one day jobs i wonder if everyone is taken at one point they need uh who was it mary beaver said they need accountants they need everybody really? right so thank you so much for joining us today man this yes, is this has been you. a lot of fun we covered everything uh, i really appreciate you um sharing your time with us and uh do you want to let people know how they can find you and where they can find your books yeah, you can link my website on, on below the interview. That's the easiest way, and and I have the link for the the letter I wrote. Can you uh, name your? Can you just say your website out loud for the audio listeners? It's John W. Warner the Fourth Author dot com. Right, and then uh, if they want, they can follow you on Twitter. Also, yeah, yeah, I post some crazy stuff on Twitter. I, I don't. I don't right. expect any kind of miracles on there. I'll probably at some point just shut it down and just leave it. Right. It's just it's designed to extract information and not really be uh, any kind of meaningful. Uh, sure. Sure. Right. There's a little bit, you know, a few people that are interesting. Yeah. But well, thanks for joining us. This was uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank, uh, you. thank you guys for tuning in. We love you all. Uh, don't forget, if you want to come hang out, grab a ticket. The link is below journeytotruthcon.com. Uh, maybe there'll be some intelligence agencies there. <laughs> maybe not. Um, sure, there'll be one or two. Right. Um, Free of charge. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, we hope to see you there. And if you can't make it, live stream tickets are available for $99. So take advantage of that. Uh, we love you all. Have a great evening. And until next time, good night. Good night, guys. All right, thanks. There was a CIA director named William Colby, who in the 1980s said, we'll know our disinformation campaigns are successful when everything the American people believe is fake. When we realize how powerful we are when we set our intentions and we realize that we aren't just this, we are just these multi-dimensional light beings and time is an illusion and you know it's everything's a perception then you can go forward and backwards and, and embody it and just pop out and go and do this work. We can do amazing things when we set the right intentions to do it. And I said this is this is us on this plane. You know like this, that's what this is. We're going to the moon. And you say, this thing is a lot older than you think it is. And we've been going to the moon a long time. But I wrote on it, I knew that we went to the moon. And so I always knew there was a base on the moon from a young age. And our DNA is a complex recording system of the history of the entire universe. The history, you know, of, of everything. That not just this timeline that we know, but multiple timelines of reality. 
there are a total of nine different categories of planets on uh, in the universe. Uh, we people on Earth, we are living on a category one planet, like elementary school students. And the Theobans, they are living on a category nine planet, like uh, college professors. So they have been really guiding us throughout history. Teokum let us know that this facility under the Sandia Mountain is considered an information station for interstellar travelers coming to the planet. They tell us that their facility was retrofitted into the ancient tunnel system that already existed. And as far as the bending the space-time continuum, I've had something like that happen. And what seemed like about a five-minute encounter has been four and a half hours of missing time. And I was completely conscious. And when you're dealing with a type three, type four, type five civilizations that can work with the different coexisting timelines, all bets are off, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time we have Bigfoot activity out there, we're having ETs and orbs and stuff like that. We have a lot of the stuff documented. As a matter of fact, um, I'm a member of three different teams and I work with people from all over the country out in the field. And um, we actually have documented a portal, something that we consider to be a portal um, opening. And we sent two of our team members inside of it. And really? It disappeared and then came back out. I would suggest that we take it one step further and say humanity has never known who we are. We've always been in the thought control matrix. And one step further, perhaps we could say that we're in a conscious, consciously controlled state of hypnosis. In other words, are the thought control matrix creators constantly bombarding us with frequencies that keep us from being telepathic, that keep us from remembering who we are? The thought control matrix was set up and we have never known our potential, our power, our yeah. beauty, our, our, our incredible connection. It makes no sense at all. There is no reason for it other than the programming that we've received for generations because it's all about order. It's all about listen to listen to your elders, listen to the teachers, listen to the adults, listen, listen, listen. And what that does is it, it, it dims the light of the child and it makes them feel like they don't have a voice. And why that's designed that way by the dark side and that's in the system is so that they grow up and they just listen to and they do what they're told and they're good little boys and good little girls and they lose their sense of self. They lose their north, their true north. Yeah. So many adults are walking around in, the, in this world. They don't know who they are. So the planet itself is now beginning to split. It's beginning to divide again into a higher vibrational earth and a lower vibrational earth and the race of man is dividing with it. And we're becoming less and less aware of one another. And over time, what will happen, and I don't know how long this will be, one world will have all higher vibrational beings on it, and the other one will all be third dimensional beings, and we will not perceive each other anymore. <laughs>